One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Keep being patient. Keep going. Remember, practice makes things better, right? Um, We're not trying to go for perfection, but we are trying to be more adaptable. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so that together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is a special episode about adaptability What is adaptability and why is it so important? Come and find out why as I discuss it and how we can all become more adaptable in our bodies, in our minds, and our spirits to move through life with more freedom. Enjoy. I love the word adaptability and I'm going to read you the definition of it. It's the quality of being able to adjust to new conditions And it's also the capacity to be modified for new use or purpose. So this sounds like a great idea for life because we wanna be able to change and morph and grow and evolve. And this idea, this practice of adaptability is fundamental for our own personal growth, our growth in our yoga practice, our growth in our movement practice, our growth as human beings, as um, members of society, being able to change and adapt in ways um, and growing and learning from our experiences and not being rigid. So that's kind of the opposite of adaptability. You've probably seen on some bumper stickers, this evolve or die, which is uh, so great. And And it's really taken from the concept that Charles Darwin put forth about evolution and that, you know, the um, really the greatest, strongest species were able to survive and thrive and evolve. And so those species that were able to do that had adapted to circumstances in the environment or in the food sources, and they were able to continue to live versus the ones who were not, um, did not. So Charles Darwin is a biologist. If you didn't know that, he discovered different species of birds in on the Galapagos. I mean, the Galapagos Islands are an archipelago and my family were we were so blessed to be able to go and visit the Galapagos. It's an amazing, amazing area of the world that ha- feels like it's kind of frozen in time. It's It hasn't been commercialized in the way that other um, areas have. And you really see the animals in their environment in a way that is so extraordinary. And so anyway, Charles Darwin, he noticed that animals that had similarities to other animals um, also had some differences based on where they were living and how they had adapted 
whether it was uh, their wingspan or their beaks, to the food sources that were in that area. And he realized, hmm, this is this adaptability is allow the, to their environment is allowing them to live. Adaptability is important for all reasons, from a very cellular level to a very macro level. And I always find it fascinating in yoga practice when people get bored with yoga or, and this could apply to other things too. It could apply to, you know, working out at the gym or running. But I think in a lot of ways that boredom is coming from the fact that they're not challenging um, the body in ways to make it more adaptable. So it becomes really mundane and routine. And our bodies, just like our spirits and our mind, crave new experiences. When I talk about movement, I talk about movement having three characteristics. One is that we need strength, which gives us stability. Stability in a joint or joints um, that allows us to move through space. So we need strength, that, that structural foundation. The second thing we need is mobility or just otherwise known as motion. So we need the ability to move. So we have something stable from which we can move from. Then we need the um, mobility and the joints, the range of motions. When people talk about being tight, quote unquote, what they probably are referring to more is that the, the joint mobility is not as robust as it should be. And the surrounding tissues that attach to that joint are therefore affected as well because they're not getting pulled in a variety of ranges, right? So if I have, if I have some, like let's just say I have some kind of elastic band and my friend has an elastic, the other end of the elastic band and we just stay still and don't pull in it at all, it's, there's no demand on it to adapt, right? But if she starts to walk away and I'm feeling pulled on the other end, eventually everything in between starts to adapt to it. And I pull back and we have this little tug of war. And then there's like some some give to that. And we expand the range that the elastic band can go. And this is how our tissues work. They have a certain amount of range that we can um, that they can adapt to. But they're going to adapt to the the environment, so to speak, that you spend the most time in. So people that are sitting for a long period of time or even if they're not sitting, maybe they're biking. That is sitting, of course, but I mean, they're adapting a pose, a posture for a long period of time that doesn't change the, um, doesn't utilize the muscles and the, the connective tissue in the fullest ranges, then they will adapt to that. And so that's really when people talk about they feel tight or inflexible. It's the mobility and the joints are, are not going through their big ranges and therefore are not pulling on the tissues that surround to the joint and that makes them tighter. So we have strength and stability, we have mobility and, and motion. And then the third quality of movement that is really important but is often overlooked is the adaptability. And this is how well we can move in a variety of ways and how much we can respond to the demand that's put on our bodies. And this, this is a, um, a neural thing, a brain thing, so that when we are, if you have not, for instance, climbed on the monkey bars ever, or at least since you were a kid, your body isn't adapted to do that. The wiring in your brain is not very strong. You might have a tiny little spark of a memory if you did it as a kid, 
And if you've never done it, then you've never developed that pathway. So that's called neural wiring or adaptability. So we have to also think about that when we think about movement is when we do something new, we need to repeat it. We need to lay down the mapping. It's like a little telephone wire that has never been called upon, right? So it's a new line and that has to be triggered over and over again to become more of a, I guess, more voluntary or more familiar pathway. The more familiar pathway is, the faster uh, the message gets to the muscles. So we we adapt based on what we do over and over again, but we also need to challenge and grow. And so if we just, so there's this saying, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it's like when you first are, when a farmer is first going and planting a seed, you have a field. And to dig that original ditch to put uh, the seed down takes some work because it's new ground. So that's like that new pathway you're developing. And then you dig just the right amount and you plant the seed and it's great. But if you were to continue to dig, then eventually you would get stuck. Like you go to, it's like you'd get, it's like a, a rudder would get stuck in there and then you would not be able to really move much at all. And that's that like kind of rigidity when you just do something over and over again and never change it up. So we want that ability to lay down new pathways, but then not get stuck in our own pathways. So we need adaptability in lots of ways. And as I often say, practically daily, when we practice in our body something that we want to cultivate, say strength or courage or balance or awareness, well, in this case, adaptability, when we practice it in our body, we will ultimately have an easier time practicing in other ways. So in our behavior, emotions, right? And the need for adaptability is probably greater now. I mean, I've never lived in another time period, but based on what I know, probably greater now than any other time period in history. There's so much going on in the world at a breakneck pace. And if we don't kind of keep up with it, not in trying to be hasty, but in in trying to adapt to it instead of being run over by it. We have to have the ability to adapt to circumstances in our workplace, in working with people, in technology. We know that you know the technologists don't don't always look for change and evolution. They're just going to become obsolete. And in business, you need it. You need it in your personal growth, right? The ability to adapt and 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 alter in any way to a change circumstance so that you don't become stagnant. And you have to develop adaptability and from experience. But when you do that, you're improving your overall fitness, the fitness of your body, the fitness of your mind and the fitness of your spirit. spirit. Um, it's really... A practice of living in the present and to be willing and freely open to respond to the demands and changes in the moment. So we want that in our bodies so that we can stay healthy and not be injured, but we want that in other ways as well. So what are the qualities that help you be adaptable? And we kind of all know where we are not as adaptable, where we're more rigid 
and I'll get to how what what has worked for me and what I've read and 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 studied in my research and and certainly in the body how it's applied. But what are the first of all the qualities that we know that will help you? Well, how about this? How about the qualities that we know will not help you? All right. So qualities that will not help you: rigidity. Okay, it's my way or the highway. Um, if you've ever been around somebody like that, you immediately get like this, well, okay, goodbye <laughs> feeling because it's not adaptable at all. It's not welcoming. It's not, it's not coming from a growth mindset. And it's, I see this in yoga practice, like someone practicing or a teacher teaching from this place of this is the only way that I am experiencing or teaching from. And I think as teachers, that's really a disservice if we're not always looking for ways to grow and to acknowledge sometimes like um, the way I teach now is so different than it was 20 years ago and and even two years ago. And I hope that that's always going to be the case and I'm always going to be making fine tune adjustments or bigger adjustments to be more adaptable to the needs of the people who are coming to me as well. So that's a big one, not being rigid. Um, Another thing that's going to, really hurt you on the pathway to adaptability is if you're if you're grumpy or discontent that really stands in the way if if because if you have that rigidity or this just feeling of dissatisfaction there's not again there's not the growth mindset for being adaptable you know just because it's different doesn't mean it's not going to work for you um, and this could be the case again for movement. Like it's like when I try and have somebody lower their knees instead of going to the floor from plank all the way down and just dive bombing their shoulders and injury. And I know they're going to end up um, injuring their shoulders. When I have them drop their knees, there is this sense of dissatisfaction. It's like, well, I feel like I'm going backwards or I'm feeling, you know, it's their own stuff. And if they can actually um, embrace this and adapt to it, then the the strides that they will make in the future in terms of strength and performance and all that will be so much greater. So not being so grumpy or discontent. Um, those are things that will really, really set you back. Um, so there's other ones as well, but let's let's go right to the the things that will make you more adaptable that are going to help you. Well, one thing is open-mindedness, you know, versatility. You need to be both flexible and versatile to be adaptable. And sometimes this is easier than others. Suppose you're going somewhere and you're gluten-free, for instance, and there's nothing in the restaurant that's gluten-free. Well, that's hard because you're not going to eat and everybody you're with is is eating and you're not. But you really need to stick to your gut, literally, because it wouldn't feel great. So versatility is a little bit more challenging there, but you can maybe, you know, think about ordering some, like um, calling ahead of time and finding out if there's going to be something on the menu. So just um, strategizing and that will give you some more versatility and adaptability. That's just a very small example, but that that's where we can um, kind of break out of our rigidity when, I mean, I'm vegan. So let me tell you, 17 years of being vegan, I've had to make a lot of phone calls to restaurants or just figuring out stuff in advance. Sometimes I've just eaten before I've gone somewhere when I've known that pasta was the only thing they had on the menu for me and I just didn't really want to have that. 
So um, being adaptable without changing who you are and your core values, this is, this is really fundamental in uh, adaptability is, is the stronger we are connected to our core, we actually can be more flexible. Um, I'll get to that in a minute. But being versatile, being adaptable, being open-minded is super important. Another thing is tolerance. Being tolerant is important. So that kind of goes along with being open-minded, but it's tolerating other people's views because when you are more tolerant to someone's views and ideas, you're already opening up the pathway for adaptability because some sometimes there's in that tolerance you will find a new or different way of thinking for yourself as well. So tolerance is is accepting opinions and practices different from your own. And this will always keep us from being rigid. Sometimes this is really hard. I mean, think about the, the environment we live in right now where there's a lot of black and white and a lot of, you know, conservative and liberal and po- politically. And it's, it's really tough sometimes to be open-minded to other people's views, but that practice of tolerance will actually help us all in the, in the long run to be more adaptable. Um, some other things that I think are very important for being adaptable and flexible is positivity. And this isn't, again, woo-woo. Like You can decide your outlook to a degree. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that you, if you have chemical imbalances or real trauma, that that is not real at all. I, I know it is. And I know just thinking positively isn't going to always do um, enough of the work. But I think a lot of us can go down this kind of negative train of thinking. And so much has been studied to show, uh, like Dr. Um, Norman Vincent Peale, he has a book on the positive the power of positive thinking. And he's been, this has been around for um, decades, the positive attitude that, that how a positive attitude can lead to positive events in your life. And so like if you're practicing yoga and say you're, you really want to take care of your shoulders, but you've always been dipping down, um, like I was giving that example before, lower the knees and feel like, wow, this is going to make me stronger. This is going to help my practice be more sustainable. Have a positive outlook about it. And that will seep into your your practice. Like You will then take that in and be like happy that you're lowering the knees and that you're actually going to feel more connection instead of making the movement sloppy and not sustainable. So that kind of positivity is, is, is real and it really does make a difference. Your brain registers that positivity. The other thing that's really important for adaptability is this sense of bounce backness, you know, resilience and feeling that you can overcome the things that, that come your way as opposed to in that rigid mindset um, it would just be happening to you. But with resilience, we feel like we can take some stumbling blocks and continue. Now, what is going ha- to help all of these traits of, of adaptability really come to light? And that is through your practice. I really believe this, through your 
um, physical practice through your mental practice. So I'm going to give you a couple of of my take-homes on how to be adaptable. One is to observe. Observation is huge. When we start observing ourselves and notice when you feel tense, when you feel resistant, when you feel whiny, you know, because again, the, the, that discontent is, is a blockage to growth. Notice these things. And then the first part is noticing them and then figuring out the tools for how you can become less tense, whether it's taking three big breaths, closing your eyes and saying like, this is going to pass. This is going to be okay. Let me breathe through this or let me feel this. I'm feeling really angry and stressed. And I'm here now, but I'm going to, I'm going to take a moment to see if I can back down from going into a, a, a more tense state. With whininess, this is a great practice. Have you ever tried to go 24 hours without complaining? Super challenging. This is super challenging. But guess what? Complaining is a very big roadblock to adaptability. When we can stop being so whiny, we can change and evolve and grow and become more adaptable. But we have to first observe it. I remember doing this. um, I've done it many times since then. But I remember doing this. And the first day, I was so surprised at how much I complained. But it was always to my husband. It was weird. Like I would be like, fine all day. And then he would walk in and I would immediately be like, Oh my gosh, my stomach hurts. Oh my gosh, my head hurts. I'm tired. I'm the and I realized that, you know, I think we all do this. We hold ourselves pretty, pretty well together for the people that we aren't necessarily as close with. And then we really let it all fall apart with the people that, you know, you know, you can trust that you're just they're gonna be there for you. But the people that we are in our inner circle, we kind of fall apart. And that's and it's great we have those people. I also think we have the habit, especially I noticed I did, of really being um, kind of whiny to those people. So to not complain was really, it was the first time I did it was pretty challenging because um, I just had this habit of just little, and I don't know if it was like I was trying to prove that, you know, boy, I have so much going on and look at this and now dinner's going to be, I got to do that. You know, it's just like, <laughs> I was just uh, semi-ranting and and... But that doesn't make me feel good either. So it really feels good when I when I observe and practice the art of not complaining, especially to the one person I probably complain to the most. So um, notice that. So that's number one. Number two is look for the gray. Eliminate absolutes. Black and white is not often going to work for you well, um, and it's it takes some boldness to to just be okay with the gray. It's take some boldness to try new things and look at things from a new perspective. And that's another way to become more adaptable is really look for um, all the other colors besides the black and white, the, the black and white, the absolutes. The third is to connect to your core. I say this daily. I have a shirt about the core. I mean, I love it. Connecting to your core, it's who you are at your essence and your core strength aligns you with your purpose and your core values and helps you cope better when things don't go your way. So you have that resiliency that I was referring to as as a really important trait for adaptability. Do your core work. Um, And, you know, I have a ton of ideas for that. So you know where to find those. (laughs) 
All right. The fourth is embracing the new. Uh, I think this is always great and it's in small amounts. Being open to small shifts can have a large impact for your growth and adaptability. And that, that just, that comes back to that very first quality I was talking about with being open minded. Number five, self care. Ooh, I don't know why this can be tough for people. And the idea of self care is not just, hey, I brush my teeth. No, it's, you've got to take care of yourself. When you take care of yourself, you can be adaptable to the needs of others and situations that arise. So I'm going to say this to all the mamas out there because I've worked with so many mamas over the years who have, um, I don't, it's like, I don't understand it completely, but they have so much guilt when they take time for themselves. And I'm not sure where that comes from. Maybe it's in our wiring, but we can rewire it. When you take care of yourself, you are more adaptable, period. And that's always going to be better for everyone. You're also more likely to feel good about yourself when you take care of yourself. And then you engage in better positive emotions and and outlook. Um, and, and you don't engage in negative self-talk, which can then get you into that rigid pity party situation. So really, really take care of yourself, self-care. And you need to decide for yourself what that what that entails, but it needs to entail movement because movement will always be the pathway for adaptability. Um, so you've got to move. The final thing I'll say is what we the the thing that's going to help, and this is kind of like the umbrella for it all, not necessarily number six, but rewiring the brain is fundamental for adaptability. I mean, this is what happened in in the times of evolution. But it's happening now. We're evolving again at a very, very rapid pace in our society. And we need to devote some time during the day for like a deep dive into um, distraction-free time. And that kind of deep work, uh, there's there's a man called Cal Newport, who he said, we really need to go for two or more hours of deep work where we're not interrupted by our phones or email, but it can be our creative work. It can be our physical work. It could be our um, mental work. It could be literally work. Like if you're working on writing a book or you're working on doing research or you're working on some business plan, but you need to go into that without distraction because our brain is so distractible in this day and age. And we talk about it, but we really have to observe and focus and do something about it because our brain needs to adapt and it needs to, when it, when we constantly are distracted, it isn't, it doesn't allow that work to happen for the rewiring of the brain. And that rewiring of the brain, it's called brain mapping or neuroplasticity. That is fundamental for adaptability because just like your body, you don't want your brain to be rigid either. And so not to be rigid um, we have to actually work at staying focused and setting yourself up. So do all the things you need to do to put the distractions away. There's plenty of ways to do that. The first thing you have to do though is actually do it, not just think about it. We have all the tools to do it. You just silence the phones, put them in the other room, do this, do that. But you actually have to practice doing it. And that's sometimes the harder thing. So 
the biggest message, be patient. Interestingly, when we start to adapt, sometimes we become resistant to it. And I see that with people when I start to like for the, for instance, when I'm working in their practice and I change something, something a little bit and they aren't as quote successful as in practicing the pose or the sequence or the transition and they, they become frustrated. So it's all this kind of like self-doubt and deep feelings of failure can quickly rise to the surface when you are adapting. And that frustration and that kind of emotional and logical brain will shut down. And then our decision-making kind of is just not clear. And people can sometimes get really downright angry because you, if, I mean, you've probably experienced it yourself. You've, you have a skill down pretty well, you think, and then there's something that shifts. And then it, your skill is no longer what you perceived it to be. You perceive it to be worse. And then that makes you frustrated. Well, you don't want to adapt to that. But in the long run, if you adapt to this kind of newer way of moving or thinking or connecting, it will actually help you grow exponentially than being kind of rigid in your old pathway, so to speak. So keep being patient, keep going. Remember, practice makes things better, right? Um, We're not trying to go for perfection, but we are trying to be more adaptable. So I hope this really helps. It is something that is a daily practice, but more than anything, we want to be able to grow and change and blossom and bloom and and move on and off our mat in a sustainable, safe and inspiring way so that we are growing in our spirit and in our body and being our best in life. So be adaptable and have a lovely day. My love's going out to you. Bye.